Welcome to Regaining Dominion, empowering people to live above life's circumstances. Let's join Pastor Dwight for today's message. Amen, amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Today we're continuing with the theme that God has given us for this year. That is, reestablishing godly foundations. So today we want to revisit a foundational truth about faith. And that is to reestablish the fact that faith speaks. Amen? So tonight, my message entitled, Faith Speaks. Quite often we recognize that faith has to be in our heart. And rightly so, because we have to believe in our hearts. However, while that is necessary, that we have faith in our hearts, it is not sufficient. Faith, in order to be operative, must be in two places. It must be in our heart and must be in our mouth. Amen? So while we believe in our heart, we must open our mouth and speak in order for our faith to be fully functional, fully operational. Amen? Show me in your Bibles, if you will, to Deuteronomy 8 and 3. Deuteronomy 8 and 3. It says, And he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not. Neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Amen? You see where Jesus God is? It is written. Because back then, you know, if you back up the verse before, see, you remember how the Lord led you through the wilderness these 40 years, and he would humble you and to prove you, to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commandments. Remember that simple thing? He used the manna, going out to collect the manna and not to store it when you shouldn't, and go out and store it when you should, and don't go searching for more. Even something like that, the bread that they ate, he tested them for those 40 years with manna in the wilderness, so that they would know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So Jesus knew Deuteronomy 8.3, but not enough for him to know it. In the face of the temptation in the wilderness, he had to rise up and draw it out of his spirit and speak it. So the word has to be now you in your heart and in your mouth. Because guess what? It's not hidden in there. There's nothing for the Holy Spirit to bring to remembrance and quick for you to open your mouth and speak. And when he quickens into your heart, you got to open your mouth and say it. Not an either or proposition. If it's not there in your heart, there's nothing to say. But if it's in your heart, you still have to say it and speak back to the enemy. That's why we're going back and forth, crisscrossing the scriptures. We're laying foundation here that faith speaks. Go back to Luke 4, and let's speak about verse 5. Luke 4 and verse 5. And the devil taking him up into a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will I give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. You know, it's like deja vu. You know, this is the first Adam. Now he's coming back to the last Adam to try the same stunt. Remember Adam and Eve. If you eat of this, your eyes will open you just like God. Yes, you know, that's the devil. He mixes it up with a lie with the truth to make it palatable. Yes, the eyes were open, but my, they didn't really like what they saw. And the life from the pit of hell is that they were already as much like God as they'll ever be. They were already like God in his image. Once again, Satan comes to Jesus, twisting the truth with a lie. Many people think that, oh, he was lying because he was telling Jesus he had something to give that he didn't have. No, no, no. He did have the authority. Because when he tricked the first Adam, he took possession of it. So now here he's illegally in possession of what shouldn't have been his, but it was his to give. 
So if in fact if it wasn't his to give, it would not have been a temptation. Because if it was just a straight out lie, it wouldn't have been a temptation. You know that Jesus didn't say, get it behind me, Satan, you're a liar. Don't you think that you know the scripture tells us the devil is a liar and the father of lies? So that part wasn't a lie. The problem was he'd have then bowed his knee like the first Adam, and what he thought he'd got, he'd have lost. But it wasn't a lie that it was his to give. But once again, Jesus couldn't know all this theology and all these facts and all the backstory. Of course, Jesus knew all about the first Adam and everything that had transpired. But it wasn't enough for him to know it. He had to open his mouth and what? Speak the word of God. Where did he pull this from? Let's back up again. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 13. Deuteronomy 6 and 13. Why am I doing this crisscross his word search? To see how powerful the word of God is, the written word, and it has to be there. It's not just enough for it to be in the pages of the book. It's good to be in your heart, but the equation doesn't end there. We have to be bold to speak it. Deuteronomy 6.13 says, Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God, and serve him, and shall swear by his name. Amen? And goes on to tell you, you shall not go after other gods. But here's where he is coming from. The Lord our God is the one you should serve and him only you should swear by. Let's continue the saga of the temptation in Luke 4 and verse 9. Luke 4 and verse 9. And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. And in their hands shall they bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. And Jesus answered and said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all temptation, he departed from him for a season. Mm -mm -mm. So Satan catches on now. He said, Twice I came at Jesus, and he came back with what? It is written. So Satan said, Okay, two can play this game. So I'll put the it is written. Climb up and jump off. And then he actually quoted Psalm 91. It is written. He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Amen. So Satan knows the scripture. So here he is, he pulling Psalm 91 out of context. But did Jesus go for it? Absolutely not. Go back with me to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 16. Deuteronomy 6 and 16. Ye shall not tempt the Lord your God as ye tempted him in Massa. Amen. You shall not tempt the Lord your God or put the Lord your God to the test. So you have to know the scripture so that when the enemy comes and brings it even out of context, you notice Jesus didn't say, you're a liar, Satan. Psalm 91 doesn't say that. He couldn't do that because he knew what Psalm 91 said. The devil knew and he knew that the devil knew that he knew and they both knew that that was Psalm 91. But he had to also go, so it is also written. Amen. So that's why you have to be able to balance scripture with scripture. You can't just take a doctrine, just pull one scripture and build a doctrine. That's why you have to have a revelation of the counsel of God. So the people of God, that's why it is a good practice for people to just take your Bible and read through your Bible. Amen? Because it gives you ammunition so the Holy Spirit has stuff to bring back to your remembrance. And when you read the whole thing, then it gives you context. Then when somebody comes and starts to give you a new doctrine, a new teaching, in your spirit, the Holy Spirit can balance scripture with scripture and let you know whether or not that thing is accurate or not. Is that something I should receive or is that something I should reject? If Jesus didn't have more context to the scripture, go, oh, okay. Psalm 91 says that. Okay, let me take a flying leap. No, it is also written, you should not put the Lord, your God, to the test. And scripture says, after that, the devil did what? He left him for a season. Didn't leave him forever, but he had to back off and back away and go retool to come again. You want to get the devil off your back? You go at him with what? It is written. In the book of Revelation, it talks about Jesus as the one who is faithful and true and a sword in his mouth that is what? The word of God. Amen. 
The scripture tells us that the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any twisted sword. In the book of Ephesians, it tells us to put on the whole armor of God, including what? The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Amen? The offensive piece of the weaponry. You've got to have the word of God in your mouth. Amen? Otherwise, your faith is dormant. Your faith is not active. It's like you have some piece of equipment, but you haven't flipped the on switch. It has all the potential to do what it's supposed to do. You know, the car might be sitting out there, but until you press that starter or you turn the key and crank it up and get it into motion, it's just your what? Dormant. It has all the ability to get you from point A to point B, but you're stuck, you're stranded, you're going nowhere. Amen? Until you activate it, you turn it on. So when you begin to speak the word, you're activating that faith that's in your heart and making it active, alive, and operative. Amen? So people of God, I put it to you that faith speaks. If faith didn't speak, Jesus would have modeled something totally different for us. He just sat there and thought, mmm, Satan, mmm, mmm. No, he didn't. He opened his mouth and he spoke back. That is a pattern for you and a pattern for me. Amen? Glory to God. You see, people of God, in every test and trial and temptation that we face, do not just sit there and wonder how we're going to make it. Like you heard earlier, wondering is wavering. That brings you into the place of doubt and the place of what? Unbelief. You see, people of God, we've got to speak back to our circumstance. We've got to speak back to our situation. We have to declare the word of God concerning it and tell things how they're going to turn out. We're not going to sit there and wonder how is it going to work out. Because you know what? The minute you sit there and say, you're in a tough situation. Hmm, I wonder how is this going to work out? Hmm, I wonder how. I wonder when it's going to work out. Next thing you know, you're wondering, hmm, I wonder if it's going to work out. I mean, the devil got you there. First, you're trying to figure out the how. Then you're going to figure out the when. And when your finite brain can't figure out the how or the when, the next thing your lightning fast man is going to do is wonder if. And Satan's got you that time. Because if you're in that place where you're wondering if it's going to work out, your faith has just gone. Just been neutralized. If you don't have the absolute rock-solid certainty in your heart that it is going to work out, and you're wondering if it's going to work out, guess what? Game over for you. Because now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. You just lost your evidence. You don't even know. You're no longer hoping for anything. You're wondering if it's going to work out. Now you're wishing. Now people of God, <laughs> there's no faith in wishing and wondering and wavering. You know, even in the book of Matthew, the parallel scriptures of this at the end of the temptation, it also goes on to tell us that in Luke, we heard that the devil left him for a season. In Matthew, it also tells us that the angels came and ministered to him. Amen. So, you God, you got to declare the word of God to activate angelic ministration. Amen. Why can't we say that? We see by principle in the life of Jesus, we also see it in the word. Go to Psalm 103 and verse 20. Psalm 103 verse 20. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandment, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Amen. The angels don't hearken to the voice of doubt or unbelief or my opinion or yours. They do what? They hearken to the voice of his word. So when Jesus activated some things in the realm of the spirit by releasing his faith, by speaking that it is written, guess what? He activated the ministry of angels. Amen. So if you and I want to have an active ministry of angels in our lives, we've got to open our mouth and let our faith speak. Amen. 
And all throughout you see this principle. Let's go back to Luke 4. Like I said, we're going, we're doing a crisscross. My people of God, we want to make sure that we get it into our spirit. That we don't have left with any doubt in our heart that our faith has got to speak. No ifs, ands, or buts. Our faith must speak. Amen? Glory to God. So Luke chapter 4 and verse 14. So right after the temptation in the wilderness. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he stood up in the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. When he opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. Which scripture? Isaiah 61 verses 1 and 2. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. So that was his opening text. And he got up and began to declare the word. And began to speak these things. And saying that this day is this scripture being what? Fulfilled in your ears. He had to open his mouth. Yes, the book of Isaiah has it recorded. But he had to open his mouth and boldly declare it. And then from then on, guess what started to operate? The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me the anointing was in constant demonstration and manifestation throughout the ministry of jesus amen because the faith was in his heart and was also in his mouth you got to be bold to confess it bold to declare it bold to speak it amen he modeled this throughout the entire ministry he modeled this for his disciples turn to mark 11 let's begin at verse 22 you know the backstory jesus and his disciples were walking he saw the fig tree looking all lush and looking like you know ready to produce he came up looking for figs found it zero he said no man eat fruit of you thereafter and he didn't look back he didn't go get the axe to start chopping it he didn't throw some kerosene at the root and try to burn it he just spoke to it and went off of course the disciples passing by said master look the fig tree that you're cursed is dried up from the roots remember we said faith was in our heart and our mouth and people of God, you see, the enemy, that's why his biggest goal is to muzzle us as Christians and to get us to shut up and to be quiet in the face of our situation and the face of our circumstances. Because he knows that for as long as the faith is bottled up and it only resides in our heart and never makes it to our mouth, that faith is inoperative. This broadcast has been brought to you by friends and partners of Dominion in Christ International Ministries. If you're in the greater Toronto area, please join us for one of our services. We are located at 53. 359 Timberley Boulevard, Unit 61, Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please go to www.dominionword.org or call 905-282-1226.